Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Opera, at least used to be, a very fancy affair. Black tie, dainty binoculars, society's upper crust, all bravoing and chinking glasses at intermission. But have you ever seen opera performed in public toilets? What about an old haunted railway station used as a mortuary? Well, that's what you're about to hear performed. The new opera Trackworks was developed around its set, the old mortuary station in Central Railway Station in Sydney, and it tells the tale of five commuters delayed on their journey home. Creator Thomas DeAngelis and singer Eden Schifroni are here in the studio with me. Welcome to you both. Hey, Andy, how are you going? I'm well, and I'm so excited to hear this performance in just a moment. But let's talk about Mortuary Station. This is a lovely old sandstone building uh, built in about 1868. Uh, its entire purpose in life was to take bodies to Rookwood Cemetery in Sydney. Why on earth would you want to set an opera in this space, Eden? Well, I think the whole point of this project is to make it accessible to audiences. And I think especially with summer coming around, it's just an, an evening that everyone will want to come to. It's a beautiful location and it's just a perfect setting for five everyday people on their way home. It's actually quite beautiful when you think about it. It's only when you know its history that it might become a little bit spooky. Is it something that you've always wanted to do, Thomas, at some a performance in this space? Yeah, it's an incredibly beautiful building and Clemmie Williams and I have worked in other strange spaces and brought operas to those spaces. We had this idea to do it in a train station to kind of maximise accessibility and it's very difficult to find um, empty, disused railway stations in Sydney. Most of them are being used and more tree station just ticked all the boxes it's big it's beautiful it's central and then it was just a matter of convincing sydney trains and once we did that uh, they've been really supportive it's got this great big sandstone dome to it, which i imagine would sound beautiful with a certain resonance to it but you've also got trains in the background this sort of real life sound effect that is part of the performance. You're not going to be able to stop that. You're not going to be able to uh, limit the noise of the world and the trains outside. So you're going to have to work with it. That's right. In fact, the whole show and the production is an exercise in limitations. You know, we, we write this story that is brand new and we have to find the arias that fit that context. And so there's a limited number of arias that work contextually so perfectly. There's also a limitation in the fact that we're outdoors and there are, you know, trains hurtling past. But that with those limitations come these amazing opportunities. You know, you couldn't build a set like that. Um, even thinking about how much it would cost to have actual trains sliding in and out behind <laughs> the set is, you know, it would cost an enormous <laughs> amount. So we feel very lucky to be able to do that. And similarly, we're very lucky to have access to these incredibly rich, beautiful, detailed arias um, that we've repurposed for this very relatable story. In fact, it's a jukebox opera. So uh, for those that hate sitting through all of the kind of, uh, well, the, the, the things that aren't arias basically in a longer opera, uh, this really gives people what they want in that sort of format. Why were these ones chosen? What sorts of arias fitted this space, Eden? Well, I like to think of it as opera's greatest hits in a new setting. Um, it's all arias that everyone knows and loves, and that also plays into the accessibility of it all. Um, I like to think of it as being for non-opera fans. So a lot of my friends that don't like sitting in, in three-hour operas, or they might find some parts a bit boring, you get all, all the good parts that everyone knows and loves, and it's weaved in this really modern story. Um, they're really all really energetic, really moving, and 
areas that we've adapted into a modern day life, um, just talking about the human experience, which is what they were discussing, you know, hundreds of years ago when, when these were written, but that was reflecting society then and we're reflecting society now. So it's a bit like a train journey with all the boring landscape cut out, <laughs> to, to extend the metaphor. So how does the story develop without giving too much away? You've got these five interwoven stories, if you like. Just give me a bit of a pricey of them. Well, we open, it's um, late one evening and five commuters are on their way home. We've got our young lawyer, Jane, who used to work sort of fighting the good fight, but has now found herself, you know, stuck in the daily grind of a kind of corporate, you know, big five law firm. Um, she is met by a couple of schoolgirls, one of whom played by Eden is a little bit rowdy and um, rebellious. And the other one who's uh, sort of trying to figure out exactly who she is in relation to this uh, much more larger than life um, companion. And then there's a person that's sleeping rough um, that, you know, makes the station essentially their home and, you know, survives in this place in and amongst people coursing through the station on a daily basis. And then uh, there's the station master who's just trying to keep a sense of order out of the chaos. And basically it was a matter of bringing these characters that had kind of rich backdrops and, back, uh, you know, backstories together and interlacing their stories with one another, seeing how they worked with one another, how they reacted when another spoke to them and, Similarly to how I was saying earlier, we've taken arias that are sometimes sung by male characters and we've given them to female characters. We've taken solos and turned them into duets and duets into solos. So, so much of, you know, like we, jukebox is a great way of describing it, but, you know, it, th this kind of art form has been done before, you know, in the past, a very long time ago, they used to call them pastiche operas. And that that is what we're doing. It is an exercise in pastiche, taking the bits and pieces of a variety of different stories, operas and ideas and creating something that's bigger than the sum of its parts. Of course, in Sydney, you have trains with quiet carriages. Usually there's someone shushing in the background. So I hope there's that authenticity in uh, this performance. Artistic director Thomas uh, and cast member Eden are here in the RN Drive studios. We're about to hear a performance in just a moment. But I just wonder about the practicalities, Eden, of this, because, you know, I've interviewed a lot of um, sopranos who've performed on the harbour. You've got blustering winds, you've got rain, you've got all sorts of elements. Uh, and this is a sort of the challenges when you're performing outside the theatre, if you like. So you're going to have to be ready for anything, aren't you? Mm, it's absolutely a challenge, but I think at the same time, it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. And a lot of people that have come the past week, and there have been storms the past week. Yeah. Um, we've had lots of heavy rain flying on either side and people just are commenting that it adds to the atmosphere and it's, it's real life, you know. Sometimes the train is delayed because of these extreme weather conditions. <laughs> and every now and then you get a car honking right in the <laughs> right time at the right pitch and you're like, ah, this is, this is what I live for or, or a bird chirping in, in a little break. You just have to be adaptable and play along with it. But it's definitely training me to be prepared for anything. You've got to roll with it, that's for sure. You're going to sing Siempre Libra from Verdi's La Traviata. Tell me about this aria and uh, particularly tell me how it's been recontextualized for track works. Well, it is one of the most famous arias in the soprano repertoire from one of the most famous operas. Um, it talks about wanting to be free and it's, a it's in a slightly different context in the original libretto and opera of La Traviata. But in our interpretation, well, Jess, who's my character, she's a schoolgirl on her way back from um, home, back from a debating competition. And without giving too much away, she just wants to be free 
And I think a lot of people in the audience will relate to that. She wants to be free. She spent the whole day, you know, at school being told what to do, where to sit, um, what to learn. And she just wants to be free and, and have this, there's a suspension of time almost in, in the opera at that point where she just thinks, you know, I just want to be myself. I want to fly. I want, I want my new friends. Um, uh, Joe, who's my new friend, who's a bit more shy, um, to come along on this journey with me. So it's, essentially about being free and liberated from constraints of society. Yeah, very good parallels with La Traviata, of course. Mm. Uh, fantastic to have you in the studio. Looking forward to hearing this. Uh, Thomas DeAngelis and singer Eden Schifroni are here. I'll give you some details of where you can uh, see uh, this performance in just a moment. Take it away when you're ready.
Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.